0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the great Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show.
1: Woo-hoo. Well, thank you, Billy. Thank you so much.
0: I think that was one of my most professional openings.
1: Yeah, write it down. It doesn't I- happen very often. <laughs>
0: ever ever since the the botched recording show, I, I want to keep oh the and make sure they're recording, but hey, we have a great show. We have a gentleman named Paul Pimentel joining us. He is a fractional owner with several ownership groups here in Southern California. Uh, mm-hmm. is going to be a great guest, and we're gonna get to him right after three things of note, Michelle. What was going on in the world of horse race?
1: So first thing was I thought a very cool um, running of the Alabama where a philly a philly literally broke her maiden and is now one of grade one but she's just done it the right way randomized um and she looked really good doing it so that was exciting and maybe we have a fresh face of a three-year-old scene over there
0: that was nice yep
1: um also in like more new york news i guess you can say the right. is upcoming so it's like one a
0: words for one sec yeah I saw one interesting post, and I don't remember who put it. It was on Twitter. And it was uh, uh, Joel Rosario rode that filly, I believe, and went wire to wire. And, like, does any jockey get more shit on Twitter than Joel Oh, my gosh, that's Joel. No,
1: everyone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Julian. Yeah. (laughs) Those two.
0: But, but like, it's Joel Rosario. Like, if you had a chance to get Rosario right now, like, on, you know, one of your good horses, wouldn't you be like, Yes, on any horse. Yeah, if
1: Joel was out here right now, he would be riding. Look, at everyone's like, oh, JJ and Umbi. And when Joel comes to Southern California, he rides circles around yeah. these guys. So good. So, like, you might hate give some hate on him over in New York, but, like, he's great out here.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt Um,
1: So the 1A is just that the Traverse is coming this week. And oh, is that,
0: is that a big me, right?
1: This is a really cool running because yes. we have the winner of the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, yep. Yep. And the Belmont yep. and Forte who didn't Yeah. not get to run in any of those races. He ran right. the Belmont, but like, like without
0: on. without looking, um, I, we haven't seen sheets. I think the draw is happening probably right as we're on the air right now, or it's already happened. Um, it? I don't know. But who who do you like? I have forget about no forget about idea. wait wait forget about value. Okay, I'm going to change the question. Okay, because we're not really okay. a handicapping show, but like. I'm going to change the question, not who do you like, forget about gambling, forget about odds and post positions and and strategies. Who are you rooting for?
1: I mean, look, I kind of want to root for Forte just because he didn't get the chance to run in the Derby and the Preakness and he ran really well in the Belmont. Like, I mean, like, and he's the, the two year old horse that just kind of kept on keeping on. Right. I right. also really want to root for Mage because he's just danced a lot of dances, and I feel like he's the horse that's going to keep dancing dances. He might not win everything, but I think he's going to bring a really good effort. So I'll, I'm kind of down to like the two of them as far as who I'm rooting for.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. You know, I was we were going to say Archangelo.
1: No, because you know what? Like, I mean, I really was rooting for Jenna going into the Belmont, but also. um like I wasn't like rooting for the horse and like he's getting really good, obviously. He's been working really well, but I have just like residual loyalties. So I mean, how cool would it be for Forte to to step up and win this after everything he's been through?
0: I you know what, Michelle? You you've made a believer out of me. And Micropoli was so good on our show. And if you haven't listened to the Micropoli owner's box, please do. He's amazing and i think you're right i think that's actually a great story even though he'll he's probably going to be the favorite again this is not we're not talking gambling and odds and don't you know don't add us you know at the michelle you and say oh of course you picked forte um i think it's we talk about this all the time that there's certain horses that you like there's certain horses for whatever reason right like i was a giant yeah. kona gold fan i was a you know there's just certain horses that you kind of love i've never been a forte fan i was against him all the way through the Triple Crown, and now I kind of like it. Yeah. You know, no, 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 I'm not a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a hater by any means. They're just certain horses that you just like or don't like for whatever possible reason. Doesn't no? There's nothing personal about it. But I, I'm kind of now coming. I agree with you that I think Forte is a good story.
1: Right, That's, he is.
0: All right, moving on. Um.
1: Okay then that, so that's that's who that's who that and then the other thing of note is that we saw a really cool maiden get unveiled this week at oh delmar
0: yes her name
1: is tamara it sounds like camera but in the barn they call her tammy and she is the daughter of beholder um she had a super impressive debut she kind of fell down at bar. she broke from the one hole and she just looks so strong at the end, going that elongated six and a half distance. We haven't seen Beholder be the best of dams. So it's kind of cool to see a baby like this be able to win. Uh, and I, I love what, um, Mark Tusicker came out and said, and he said that B. Wayne Hughes said, we're going to breed the mayor to Bolt Dioro because of our okay. longstanding relationship with Vic Reese. And, he said it wasn't that popularly received on the farm, but he but Wayne was adamant about it. And this is the baby that you get. So I thought that was kind of cool.
0: I think it was very cool. And I think the all the pictures on all the social media that
1: she looks just like her. doesn't It's she?
0: really like wild. It's 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 very, very it was very nice to see uh, in yeah. a summer that has been marred by some you know not great incidents and and everything that we're going through um I thought it was a great moment and I I, I you kind of have to rip for that horse so um yeah I think I think it's cool Tamara what a cool what a cool horse I think it's really All neat
1: right. and then yeah. my last thing of note <laughs> is <laughs> just that we had another great 1 over here and it was the Delmar Oaks and it was won by Anaset who also won the San Clemente. And if possible, I think this one was even more, you know, powerful and really stamped her as the leader of the division. She looked sensational.
0: No complaints here. I can't argue that, man. What a ride from her Spoli. And congratulations to Eclipse Thoroughbred partners and all their owners, including our guest, Paul Pimentel. Yay. Piece of uh, Anasette, who was just uh, spectacular in victory. Michelle, I agree.
1: Yay. All right, All right, so should we get to our guests?
0: Let's get to the guests. We'll be right Let's back.
1: Do it. The Owners Box is thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for twenty twenty three. This weekend features two win and your in races on Saturday from Saratoga. There's the Resorts World Casino Sword Dancer for the Long Jeans Turf and the Ballerina for the PNC Bank and Bear Sprint. Also, the Pat O'Brien six is being run at Delmar on Saturday, and that is a win in your in for the big ass fan, Dirt Miles. Additionally, all entry fees for the winner will be covered, as well as a ten thousand dollars award denominator. Be sure to stay t- tuned in to the. Ugh. Be sure to stay tuned in to the in the Money Media Network for all of your Breeders Cup coverage.
0: Topa's mission is to improve the economics, integrity, and pleasure of the sport on behalf of thoroughbred owners and breeders. What are the projects, Michelle?
1: I was going to say, Billy. Do you want to know about the project? I do. American Grading Stakes Committee, the Cleaning Crown, those ownership seminars that they put together for us, the Breeding, Confirmation, and Pedigree Clinics, and the Sales Integrity Program.
0: So check this out. Toba provides international representation for U.S. owners and breeders on the International Grading and Race Planning Advisory Committee, International Cataloging Standards Committee, and the International Thoroughbred Breeders' Federation.
1: Don't forget that the TCA, the Thoroughbred Charities of America, is the charitable arm of TOBA.
0: And TOBA Media Properties is a subsidiary of TOBA, is the co owner of Bloodhorse LLC.
1: TOBA is represented on the board of directors of the NTRA as well as the RMTC as founding members.
0: Check out TOBA. We are thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. The great racing north of the border at Woodbine continues with graded steaks all summer, including the Woodbine Mile this coming September. This weekend features four steaks for two- and three-year-old Canadian breads on Sunday, August 27th. Don't miss out on the action. For more information, go to www.woodbine.com.
1: Oh, your voice was good there.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the owner's box, joined by a special guest today, Paul Pimentel. Am I saying that right, Paul? Yes, sir. Well, welcome Yay. to the show. Well, th- yeah, usually we butcher people's names. So I'm, I'm <laughs> so happy that we got it right. Paul, you know, listen, we've had huge owners on this show. We've had smaller owners on this show. And, and from what Michelle tells me, you're one of these guys who, who takes fractional ownership to to a different level. So tell us, first of all, before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into horse ownership. Horse ownership.
2: So uh, myself, um, my parents were involved in horses for several years. My dad grew up around them. Um, My oldest brother is about 17 years older than I. And uh, in in the mid-60s, when he was a teenager or young boy, um, got involved in English writing, and then they connected with some trainers in the thoroughbred industry. And uh, he decided he wanted to pursue being a jockey and worked on that. And uh, I was probably attending the racetracks in California while my mom was carrying me before I was born. Nice. And then once I was born, course continued. And uh, all I can remember is being at Bay Meadows and as about a six or seven-year-old boy, intently watching all of the activity in the paddock. And it was uh, extremely interesting. And then as soon as the horses started heading to the track, I would follow them and be right at the rail, weaving in and out of people to see the action. And so, loved
0: it. So basically, what you're saying is you're a complete psychopath like me and Michelle.
2: <laughs> I don't, I guess <laughs> I wouldn't consider it that much, but uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I enjoy the horses. I've grown up around them you know, all the way through my college years, got away from it a bit uh, after I graduated college and started working uh, full time and then family and marriage, obviously raising kids, and then at this point with two beautiful adult children, I decided, you know what, I want to get involved in a more meaningful way. So I did some research and uh, was amazed at the partnership opportunities and uh, pursued it that way. And, uh, you know, I guess I researched it probably five years ago and I've been involved almost two and a half years as an owner.
0: That's pretty amazing, and let's let's go into that a little bit because now I feel bad since I have a partnership and you never called me, but that's besides the point. Um, What kind of research? What kind of research did you do? Like because I think it's important. We've had many people come on the show, and people have one of the things they always say is do your research, talk to people. Tell us a little bit about that process.
2: Actually, just to correct you a little bit, you and I did talk maybe about oh. uh, almost two years ago.
0: Oh God! So, so I didn't. I didn't yeah. do very well. In <laughs> no,
2: sure no, you did very well. That. It was just my decision to not necessarily uh, pursue your program, which is an outstanding program. You don't have to just say that. Knows.
0: You don't have to say that um, just to be nice.
2: But
1: uh Billy, he
2: just yeah, didn't like so. you, maybe. It it, it, it happens. <laughs> never say never
1: so so Paul when you were doing your research here how many different partnerships did you get in touch with before you found one that worked for you
2: Um, I would say a handful maybe, maybe four to five mm-hmm. and then just kind of narrowed it down with what I thought was a, a best fit for me at the moment um, mm-hmm. and then uh, evolved from there
0: but let's talk about some of the qualifications like what were you looking for that some of these partnerships and by the way more than we're going to talk about some of your horses so please feel free to to pitch the partnerships um you know tell us about you know what you liked what you didn't like what um things that really made you decide to jump in
2: with the uh, the groups that I'm that I'm with yeah. currently Absolutely um, so location was uh, one initially, you know, in California, of course, to be able to interact uh, with the horses as as opportunities allowed. So that was one uh, consideration. Uh, the other consideration was, you know, the level of commitment financially for buy-in as well as, um, you know, monthly upkeep and so forth. So, you know, I can't say that I don't have a budget. I'm not that well off that I don't need to pay attention to that. So, uh, yeah, there was a a budget that that I felt I was comfortable with and that I could, uh, you know, good, bad, or otherwise handle with no problem. So that's where I was uh, trying to organize myself in and and then just go from there.
0: Paul Pimentel joining us here on the Owner's Box. How many horses do you currently own?
2: Averaging about four to five percent,
1: uh, 30? Wow! Oh my gosh! Whoa! What
0: a loser I am. I I couldn't even, Michelle, I couldn't even get one.
1: (laughs) So, Paul, when you you, you started and you picked like your first partnership group, did you just start with one horse or did you get in where it was like a package deal, like you're part of this, you know, we'll say just class? So we're in the class of, you know, 2000 and you get all eight horses we bought in this class.
2: No, none of them have been packaged. They've all been individuals.
1: Okay. That's that's
2: really amazing. That's a lot of horses, Paul. I know that might not be good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So when you're looking, when you uh, start to buy your horses then and you're picking and choosing, what do you like look for? What is your ideal?
2: I don't know if there's an ideal, um, you know, the, the folks that are presenting these opportunities, uh, there's many that are just really outstanding. Um, I haven't come across any bad experiences so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's, gosh, it's just like, you gotta decide, you know, which, which direction to go. Um, but, but from my brief knowledge as far as quality of horses and where they're going to be able to uh, compete. Uh, I just tried to try to put those things together and decide, is this something that would be number one, fun and enjoyable? Mm-hmm. And number two, have the potential to, um, Carry their weight as far as uh, the financial side, and again, look, going back to a budget perspective, I, I'm in a, in a situation where if none of them earned a paycheck, it wouldn't cause me any hardship. Sure, so that's where my focus nice. is. And if 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 it turns out otherwise, then that's just icing on the cake. And if they were to pay for themselves, wow, that's terrific.
0: Well, you've had a right. couple of those, and we're we're going to talk about that in a second. But before you do that, I want to uh, I want to talk about something you said that that nothing's been negative because we 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 are a positive show. We stay in the positive. But a lot of times when people invest in these partnerships, and even ours, even Little Red Feather, for example, we have a couple people who are just unlucky. They've gotten in on some horses that just unfortunately, for whatever reason, haven't worked out. And you feel terrible as a managing partner, trust me. But what would be you be considered a terrible partnership? Because you have to know that they're all, not all going to work out, right?
2: Well, absolutely. And, and that was my approach from the beginning was to try to diversify and be at smaller portions and maybe more horses, so quality – uh, trying trying to to be involved in what i considered quality uh which i'm sure has room for improvement of course because i'm no expert in this uh part of the game um and uh, but i but i do listen and try to learn as much as i can but uh thought you know if i go in at smaller increments on the opportunities that were available that yeah there might be some that aren't as good as others but that's just part of the deal and um, all in all if if you know I was in one horse for a lot of financial commitment and it went not as good as it could have well then maybe that's a big financial hit and uh, no opportunity to cover um, you know even break even perhaps but so I, you know, I looked at it, right or wrong, It's just kind of how I looked at it, was I probably have a better chance of success with diversification rather than all my eggs in one eggs. basket. Makes a lot of sense. Michelle?
1: So I guess going along that vein, Paul, um, you continued to do the smaller partnerships, um, with all these horses, do you, so it's never been a thought where you're like, I just, I just want my own horse and make all, you know, call all my own shots and, and everything. You've been just good to go.
2: It's come, you know, that thought's come to mind. Um, but at this stage of the early part of my ownership career, I'm, uh, I'm mm-hmm. content with what's going on in the future. Uh, would I mm-hmm. be interested in pursuing uh, on my own? Absolutely, if things were lining up uh, financially and that was uh, something that I wanted to, you know, felt uh, comfortable in pursuing. Oh, absolutely. There's certainly nice um, things to to be involved in that way. Although, I thought uh, the partnership operate up. Op- option was great for me to meet people and learn right
0: yeah let's go into that because I love when people come on the show and and we have a lot of owners that are just getting into the game that listen Paul what what have you learned I mean in this small period of time are there some suggestions that you can make to people out there who are calling these partnership groups and figuring out other than the financial commitment that you're talking about with fractional ownership, give us some, some specific uh, things that you have learned along the way.
2: So, you know, uh, the first, First individual that I made a connection with was um, Ed Moger and his wife, Gerilyn. Nice people. Of which uh, that was the first opportunity that I got involved in and still am involved in and expect will continue to be involved in. And uh, Ed, are, Ed and Gerilyn are amazing people their uh welcome me their their willingness to welcome me you know number one into their home to discuss the opportunities that they had available and their absolute honesty and openness and welcoming me uh amongst along with their staff um is amazing so I haven't had any bad experiences, but, you know, you always have that gut feeling, right?
0: You sure. And
2: mm-hmm. um, Yeah. and you, you,
0: I wasn't going into the bad experiences. I want to know more, like, when you came into the game, you had the what I'll call the kind of fan approach rather than the owner approach, right? You spent a lot of time at the track growing up. You admittedly said, hey, I don't know much about this game. I'm curious now after owning 30 horses in whatever it is, two and a half years or three years – What what were some of the things that you said, wow, okay, I didn't know about this?
2: Um I don't know if I've been it's been kinda like that. It's been more you know, you're doing research and you're you're learning and then all of a sudden you discover that, oh wow, there's this opportunity at this level of commitment versus this opportunity at this level of commitment. Sure. And that's kind of a nice fit for me, you know, or not. Um, and then you learn about other opportunities where you're like, yeah, that's, that's way out of my league.
0: Understood. Understood. Michelle, um, I, I know we want to talk about the big horse, Paul. Uh I don't I, I don't know if this is your first grade one. I know Eclipse Thoroughbred partners do a fantastic job and they would just want a grade one with Anna over the weekend who might be horse of the meat at Delmar unless something crazy happens this right. weekend. Uh what what was I know you own a small piece of her. What was that like and was that your
2: first grade one? That is. Absolutely, and uh I you know, two, three years ago, I would have never dreamt that I would have been involved with a horse like her, uh, and and to have that happen uh, is amazing, and I think it only happens because of folks like yourselves and uh, Eclipse and many others creating these opportunities for people like myself to get involved sure and readily at a high level in a in a short amount of time absolutely so How, oh, go ahead Michelle.
1: what what drew sorry billy what drew you to NSF when the uh, prospectus came across your your desk so to say
2: so you know i looked at her past performance and you know the whole presentation on what she was about um she appeared to me to be, you know, a very uh, nice filly with amazing potential. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, nothing looked – I haven't come across any of what Erin has presented as, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't do that. It's more of I wish I could do that and more. Right. <laughs> um so, you know, a lot of it's trust in in folks like Aaron and many others that uh, they're on to something. And so it was more of, uh, yeah, this looks pretty good. And given the opportunity to participate, uh, I'm going to roll the dice. Let's go with it.
0: Awesome. Well, that's paid off that. spades. I mean, she first won uh, against Older in her U.S. debut at Santa Anita. We We talked about that race. And then obviously she won the San Clemente and it was so incredible and now we have the grade 1 uh Delmar Oaks tell us a little bit about the experience of that day were you there live you know we, our show used to be called the uh, horse ownership experience and we talk a lot about experiences so tell us a little bit about what that was like
2: that was uh very amazing um yeah, i i watched her first race at Anita. I did not attend the San Clemente, and I was debating whether to attend the Del Mar Oaks, only because I'm Come in my busiest time of the year at work. Come on, it's going to be a real quick, real Grade quick one. trip. Grade one, but absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I said, you know what, quick trip or not, I'm going. There you go. And, you know, especially with you know the thought of not being there and her winning. So I am pleased that I made that decision. It all worked <laughs> out nicely. And I was amazed at the flawless trip that she uh, achieved. And uh, I was just like, okay, wait a minute. I am, I had to poke myself to make sure I was still breathing.
0: There you go. That's <laughs> what we're talking about.
2: Yes. Michelle.
1: So, <laughs> Paul, I want to know what kind of a rooter you are.
2: At what point in the
0: race? The end.
1: Oh, oh yeah, the end, the end.
2: I, I am animated.
0: Oh, cool. Come on. What, like, are you a <laughs> program slapper? Are you just a screamer? Are you rooting for Raspoli? I'm a cusser.
1: Michelle's <laughs> cusser. Right. I, I'm a program I'm a slapper. And I the jockeys. Yeah.
2: Right? All of the above, but I'm rooting for the girl for sure, and I'm crossing my fingers. Everybody's safe getting there
0: well we i think we all are obviously horse racing is at a precarious position in all of our and we in the world right now we all love the game i think having people like you paul uh just get involved the way you can and doing it the right way as far as spreading it out uh is is really smart and we talked about obviously i'm in that business so i get it um, but I think what you're talking about here and letting our people know about just how you've diversified is a great way to get into the game. And, and I would recommend it to others out there. And Paul, I mean, I, personally, I appreciate it and congratulations, man. I mean, that's like, I mean, winning a grade one is
2: not easy. Absolutely. I, I, I totally acknowledge that.
0: <laughs> so you so you realize how lucky you are, and then I'll probably get a call this week for a couple little red feather opportunities. Awesome, Paul, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the other people are going to get mad. They're going to get angry at me now that we're buds, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, next time, hopefully, we'll see Anna set very soon. I, I imagine do you. Do you know the plans for her?
2: I don't know any specific plans. Um you know, other than they're evaluating, you know, what options there are ahead for her.
1: American Oaks, I'm sure, right? I
2: I would think the Queen Elizabeth at Keeneland. Yeah, I've heard both of those come up. I've heard both of those come up, but I have no idea.
0: Well, I read an article about Lenny Powell saying he'd like to keep her with her own age group for the rest of this year. So I'm imagining it's Queen Elizabeth, American Oaks.
1: And, and, yeah, and, that's, and the, that's the only two opportunities for straight right, three-year-olds. I and, and,
0: and, and next year, next year, probably face older. Paul Pimentel, you have been a great guest. We really appreciate you coming on and continued success.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, very honored to be here today.
0: Well, we appreciate it, man. Thank keep you,
2: the, Paul.
0: Keep up the good work, my friend.
2: Thank you. Take care.
0: That's Paul Pimentel here on the Owners Box. Michelle, another great guest from you. You know, like I've said, I mean, I was on my horses. I went on my soapbox a little bit, um, but um, you know, listen, w- there's so many ways to get into the game, and we've had people talk about mm-hmm. getting into the claiming game, but getting into the partnership game and really spreading out and finding people that you know are like-minded and it's communal. You know, he used one of the things that was interesting to me is he really didn't talk that much about the people. Um, But he did say it was a way to meet people and get together. And whether it's Eclipse or Little Red Feather or even my racehorse or the California racing group, I know he's involved in that. Um, you know, it is a great way to to make friends that that have these communal interests as you get older. And Michelle, you're not as old as me yet, but your friend, your friend group kind of shrinks a little bit. You end up you end up wanting to spend the most time with people who are into the same thing you are. Right. Um,
1: mm-hmm. yes, and you, so
0: do. you look at, you know, you, 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 look at table 36 on the veranda and you see a bunch of people there and that's because we're all into, we're all into racing. We're all into gambling and we're, and, and we're all into drinking beer. So, um, that's pretty much my beer.
1: last time I was at Billy's table. It was bottles of whiskey.
0: That was a bad day. That was not a good day. When, when we go brown, it's, it either it, there's two. Actually, I shouldn't say that. If we go brown, it either means we won a race and we got a free bottle, or we've had a horrible day and we're just trying to get through it.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So that's the brown. All right, Michelle. Great guest. Thank you, Paul. What's uh, what's happening at uh, Delmar this week?
1: Oh, you know what's so funny is I was actually just looking at uh, Little Red Feathers website. Why? <laughs> I, I just want to see what horses you had on offer.
0: Yeah, we have a good one right now. We have a two-year-old filly that I have like one share left that I gotta find someone. Maybe Paul.
1: Blister in the sun?
0: No, she sold out. She's Is gonna... it my
1: horse. Ice cream? You scream?
0: Yes, the twirling oh, candy filly. She's so nice. Really. Yeah, she's really nice. She's not gonna make Delmar. I'm
1: gonna get someone to buy that filly because then I'm gonna be like, I want in on that one.
0: There you go. Do it. Do it. No, Blister in the sun just arrived at Delmar. Mm-hmm. And. She has been training spectacularly well and I think hopefully knock on wood she's gonna run on closing day.
1: Oh very cool.
0: Yeah. So and I was
1: looking at eight clap. What a beautiful stride on him. I don't remember you buying him.
0: Yeah, he's um he's gonna run on Thursday. He's in the turf race. Oh, so, is he? Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Uh nice horse. Mullins trains. Um, you know, not sure about the turf, but we didn't want to run him on the dirt and just get right. You know, dirt in his face and have a miserable experience. So we're running him on the grass. He's on the also eligible list, but we've been told he's going to in. What
1: a stride on him, Bill.
0: Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a big, strong-looking gilk. Gelt- mm-hmm. So we'll see what uh- happens.
1: Okay, so coming up this weekend at Del Mar, we've got four days of racing, obviously, um, unlike last week, we only really had three because of the hurricane, but yep. everything has been cleared up here, it's actually the probably the most beautiful day we've had since we moved down here for the meet, uh, blue skies, and it's warm, it's been a little overcast for the, most of the majority of it, so it's really nice today. Um, Thursday we have eight races, Friday we have eight races, and do note that the races on Friday are now going to be 3 p.m. So at the beginning of the meet, they were four, they got bumped up to 3.30, now they're at three because the, you know, obviously it's getting darker earlier, and some of the sun position was affecting the riders and the horses, that's why we've been moving up the post time. Um, the feature that day is a salon of beach steaks on, and, and my kids are going to sing with Bing. No way! Yes, on Friday.
0: That's practicing
1: That's so their fun. little hearts
0: out. Can I put can I put little red feather silks on Olivia? <laughs>
1: sure.
0: All right. Or do I? I mean, Spencer's a little too small.
1: Yeah, Spencer's too small.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then let's see the. Okay, so a lot of meat shakes on Friday. So Saturday, then we have eleven races with the Great Two Pat O'Brien. It's also the Tacos and Tequila Festival. Hello. Uh, I'll be having daybreak. And then on Sunday it is the Rancho Bernardo and it's Taste of the Turf Club and it's also Seniors Day.
0: Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. Okay. Sounds like That's a good
1: coming week. up at Del Mar. Sounds
0: uh, like also a weekend we weekend at Delmar.
1: Just want to give a quick mention uh again that it is Carmathon this weekend. While yeah. it's not like held on track necessarily, we are gonna be doing or we uh Karma is gonna be doing their their telethon. And I'm sure that you guys are going to be able for FanDuel. You guys can log on to Karma, C-A-R-M-A, the number fourhorses.org, to be able to donate directly to Karma. And I want to make a special thank you out to uh, a lot of our listeners and a lot of our previous guests who have stepped up and made donations to Karma. It's really important, and it's very, very appreciated. Larry Sarf. Yes, thank you, Larry.
0: Amazing. Um, you know, Thank Michelle, you. let me just say for one thing about that. Also, it doesn't matter how much you give twenty five dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you can, whatever you feel comfortable. It goes directly to Karma. We take care of so many horses that when they're done with their careers, they need a second.
1: Yes, can I give a great example, actually? Absolutely. For Karma. So we have donated two horses so far to Karma. Um, so one of them was a horse that did need a surgery and Karma actually got the surgery funded. So we cared for him on track and, uh, kept him there and everything and and cared for him after the surgery. But then they took him and took him to one of their rehab facilities. And now he is like an all-star jumper and he just looks sensational. Um, and, and he was, he just had a chip. It wasn't like anything broke down. He just needed a chip taken out to make him just move a little bit better. So that was great. And then they even took a horse from us who actually broke a sesamoid. And Ah. so his leg looks awful. He was, he's a sound mover, but like, he's just not a pretty horse. Um, And he was a little hard to handle. Like there was a lot of things that I think a lot of rescues would have been like, "Eh, he's just not, not ideal for, you know, re-adoption. And Lucinda did not even blink an eye. So she's like, if you can get him through the rehab, we'll take him. So You know, we kept him at our farm and we rehabbed him. We got him to be, you know, sound moving again. And they were happy to take him knowing all his background. And they took him to uh, one of their facilities that deals with like with stallions or like, you know, specialty horses that are a little bit like harder to control. And like they don't they don't say no. It's not like, oh, you know, he's not sweet and your kids can't swing up on him and run for the field bareback with no halter. So we don't want him like karma takes on everything. If you have a horse, karma will find a place for it. Um, so it's just fantastic. And and anyone that's out there listening really hope that you can make some sort of a a donation to karma.
0: Thank you, Michelle. That was uh that was a great endorsement. We appreciate it. Uh, we are part of the in the money media network. Uh, you can reach our show at own a horse on Twitter at the Michelle, U at BKLRF. Uh, if you have any questions about horse racing or horse ownership, or if your name is Paul Pimentel, please email me at (laughs) at (laughs) billy.com. Billy at LittleRedfeather dot com. We appreciate everybody. Great seeing Michelle. I can't wait to get back there and see you. And uh have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.